Welcome to the Kettle Call Podcast. Today, uh, we are starting a new episode. And it's actually a very exciting one. It's the first time that we are all sitting here together in the same room. So even though it's not a call, let me go ahead and call <laughs> Brooke. Hi, Brooke. Hi, Pedro. How are you? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. Yeah. Is it a good time for a personal call? <laughs> it's always a great time for a camera call. Great. So, Brooke, uh, I'm very excited today. Like, we, I had one interview that I did in person, but that's actually the, the first one that we are all sitting in the, in the, in the room and with a very special guest. And, and we're going to, to bring her up to the conversation in a minute. And, uh, Yes, so that's that's very exciting. Uh, we are very happy to have you here today, Stacy. So today we have Stacy Amparana, right? Yes. So Stacy is the FarmSmart manager here at the Desert Research and Extension Center, and today we are going to be talking about Stacy's career, how uh, she ended up in working here, the things that she likes to do, uh, and and so let's go ahead and, and get started with with all of that. I usually start with very simple questions uh, that you, I, I joke that those are the questions that you cannot miss. I already asked your name, but can you tell us where you grew up and what do you do? Uh, we already said where you work and, and how did you ended up in working with agriculture? Great. Well, like Pedro said, my name is Stacy Amparano. Um, I am the FarmSmart Program Manager here at the University of California Desert Research and Extension Center. My proper title within the university is Community Education Specialist. Uh, so there are community education specialists uh, throughout California. Um, but what's special about here at the Research and Extension Center, there's only nine research and extension centers in California. And, and a few of those have educators like myself. Uh, so the FarmSmart Program is unique to Imperial County. And um, I've personally been here for going on seven years this year. Um, and I thoroughly enjoy my job. Um, I, growing up, I did not have ambitions to uh, be in the ag industry, but I did grow up around ag. I grew up here in Imperial County uh, in El Centro. Um, I have many family members still involved in agriculture. Um, they're farmers uh, here in Pearl Valley. Uh, and myself, my family uh, have been we've, been, we've been raising sheep for 30 years now. So we have um, uh, sheep that we raise and sell to Forge and FFA members for the local county fair. That's, that's really good. So you grew up here, you grew up around agriculture, mm -hmm. but can you tell us how was that and, and how was the path to get here to where you are today? Yes. So uh, when I was younger, I was involved in FFA. I was involved in 4-H. I enjoyed what I did in those programs, uh, but I still was never shown the different opportunities in agriculture. I was always shown, you know, we raise sheep or you work, you know, directly with field work. And there was no in-between. Um, and so with that perception of agriculture, growing up, I wanted to be a teacher. I went in with the prospect, I wanted to go into education. I actually wanted to be an English teacher. So um, after I graduated high school, I immediately um, went to college. I went to UC Santa Cruz and uh, I went four years, got a degree in literature and minor in education and still had that idea that I wanted to go into teaching. Um, after I graduated college, I actually uh, took some time off with my sister. 
We uh, worked in restaurants. We took a month-long road trip around the U.S. to explore the United States. Um, and then within the restaurant industry, we both became um, trainers. So we actually opened new restaurants, trained staff, and continued that kind of that love of teaching, but in a very unconventional way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I moved back to the Imperial Valley and uh, was looking for, for work here and um it, it became available as far as the farm smart position. Um, and it, it was that teaching aspect that I wanted to do, but it also involved, you know, my, my background of agriculture, which I told myself I would never be involved in, but it, it just worked out that those, those two blended very well together. And now being in this position um, and looking back, I really wish I had a someone or something that would have shown me there were more opportunities in agriculture beyond what I saw just my family doing. Mm-hmm. That's that's very nice, and actually, that's one of the purpose that we do those interviews is students, people can hear what are the options on working agriculture and the different paths that people have that ended up in working agriculture as well. Uh, you mentioned that you work in a farm smart today. We are going to talk about specifically farm smart in the next episode. But can you tell us what is the favorite? part of your job? What are the things that you do that you enjoy most? And it's it's really amazing for us to see your work because sometimes you're, I, myself, I'm just looking from the window and see what you're mm-hmm. doing. looks like you enjoy that a lot. Uh, you just missed a partner that you had uh, a couple of days ago. And I think that's going to be very missed from you. But what is the favorite thing that you have on your work today that you like most? I I definitely enjoy that interaction with the public and with students, uh, especially when students have that aha moment. (laughs) And this could be with younger kids when we, you know, we could talk, we could have a whole program about, you know, what plants need to grow, you know, where does a carrot come from? We could talk about, you know, you're going to go out to the field and you're going to pick a carrot from the ground, but it's not until we actually get them to the field, their hands on that plant and picking it up. And they look at you, they're like, I just found a carrot. You're like, oh, that's amazing. So just like that aha moment. And, and it goes into the older students as well. You know, those middle and high school students and, and showing them the different opportunities in agriculture, showing them, you know, ag- the technology that's involved um, and just having that aha moment there. Of, of, you know, I can, you know, get an agriculture degree in Yuma and I can um, work in the ag-, ag industry beyond just working in the fields like my parents or grandparents may have. Um, there's so many more opportunities for them in agriculture. So it's just showing them, um, you know, they may be interested in math, but you can work in math mm-hmm. and ag. And, and just having that that moment of aha for those high school and middle school students as well is just so rewarding. It, that's that's very nice and and it's it's repetitive every time that that I talk uh, with people I keep saying oh, it's it's really fascinating the different backgrounds and you you mentioned that you travel around the U.S. and you ended up in like teaching other people what are the biggest challenges of or that maybe you can talk about the difference of teaching older people and teaching kids uh, you've you've invited me to come in and, and talk with kids and. That's challenge. That's super challenging. Like like educating those, keeping them engaged. It's it's not easy. So what can you tell us? Like what what are your strategies or the things that you'd like to do to keep those kids engaged and 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 to have this waha mm-hmm. <laughs> So something we pride ourselves on far smart is that we're very hands on mm-hmm. and we get 
students engage by giving them hands-on activities to do. Um, I could sit there and lecture and tell them all the great things about agriculture and, and technology that we have and the, all the great research that the university is doing, but it's not until we get them to get into the fields and we put them on the transplanter to let them you know, do the transplanting. We get them into the labs with, with researchers to, to see um, do hands-on work with the researchers as far as how they analyze their their, their uh, specimens or, or whatever they're uh, collecting from the field um, or getting them, you know, to see the cattle with both mm-hmm. of you and, and be up close to those cattle. And, and it's amazing just the reaction that even high school students have to being around animals. Mm-hmm. And we get that, we get that response to from middle school and elementary schools. They'll see the animals. They're like, are they real? <laughs> like, yes, they're real. <laughs> There's no animatronic here. They're, they're real animals. So having that hands-on component, I think really engages the students Um, And that's something that really was a struggle for us with COVID Mm -hmm. and everything being shut down. It's how do we how do we get these students engaged and and have that immersive experience, but being virtually and separated and social distance. Uh, So something I did with 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 through COVID and and my um, virtual programming is I did partner with uh, local FFA, El Centro FFA, and I actually put them in charge and tasked with um, reaching out to uh, speakers and, and engaging with those speakers. So they actually led the career talks and asked questions. And they mm-hmm. and with doing that, it basically, they were the ones in charge of promoting their, their program too. So they were like, okay, my friends better come mm-hmm. and I, I better not have an empty room I'm mm-hmm. talking to. So it really kind of, it gave them that, that control of the program and um, instilled some of those leadership um, and, and the responsibility of, of leading it. So got them their their friends engaged as well that's nice is there anything that you that you use that is that's i really use today that you you learned while you were traveling around the country and, and teaching other people that you use today to teach the kids well something that i've always kind of felt um, whenever I'm teaching any age, especially adults, is if I if I don't believe in it, if I'm not having fun, if I'm not engaged, they're not going to have fun or believe it or be engaged. Um, so when I'm teaching um, in front of adults, it's I I I really believe in what I'm teaching. I really I enjoy what I'm teaching, and I and I show that I'm having fun, and it's 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 an enjoyable topic, and then that helps with those those learners that I have. That's that's really really good point. Even I think with us. Uh, as we get more comfortable, as we get more knowledgeable and we have more fun about the topic, we feel more joy in what, in what we are doing. And we feel that we can pass that, let's say, easier to the people who are, mm-hmm. who are listening to us. That's very nice. So there's also the part of the job that's not always fun. Uh, <laughs> what, is, what is something that you, that you do on daily basis that you wish you were not? Like having to do or uh, just so is that I like also to ask this question because so people are aware that not everything is is always fun so we we can also we like to pass the good things but I also like to keep people aware of the challenge that they are going to face when they go to a career in in agriculture in general is there anything that you like to share with with us with that yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, I really enjoy being in front of the students and engaging with the public and, and, and teaching. Uh, the not so fun part of my job is the behind the scenes, the um, grant writing and budgeting and some of more of that stuck in front of a computer um, work. Uh, and it, but it's essential to to the work that we do. Our, our program 
is not funded completely by the university. Um, we do have a portion of our salaries and of course facilities that we use um, that the university provides. But beyond that, we do have to depend on our grants that we received and our community donations. Mm-hmm. Um, so FarmSmart really prides itself that it is a community funded program, really. We get a very large donation from our Imperial Irrigation District, something that they've been doing for close to 20 years now. Uh, and we also get uh, donations from our Farm Bureau, our Farm Credit West, um, Imperial Valley Vegetable Growers Association, uh, and, and, and community um, folks as well that, that will donate money. And, and all, that, all that money that we receive is put into uh, providing these opportunities for students to learn about agriculture and natural resources and the opportunities available within that. Great, that's good. Well, another question that I always like to ask, what are the, the resources that you had when you were first time in your career? Well, is there any advice that you can tell people, like, look for a mentor? I know, like, you probably had good mentors throughout your career. Can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about things that you think you did that helped you throughout your career and, and maybe talk about the role of a mentor that you had or something that mm-hmm. you'd like to share with us? Definitely um, a mentor is is something I, I highly recommend. Myself, personally, I was only the second person in my family to go to college. So my older sister, who was the first, was was my mentor because mm-hmm. we, we were, it was almost the blind leading the blind mm-hmm. sometimes. So looking back, I, I, I really wish that um, where I went to school, I would have sought out someone um, closer to me in school or in, in the field that I wanted to work in. Uh, but it was, it was very hard. Um, and I was the first person to graduate in, in my family too, but it's very hard navigating that world alone mm-hmm. when you didn't have internet, but you had to sign up for <laughs> classes and you had to research, okay, look at a book and, and figure out by yourself, what classes do I take? Um, something else I recommend is, is internships. Any internships that are available, I highly recommend because that's going to help you explore um, the field you're interested in. And it may help you realize that that's not something you want to do um, for the many years to come and it, and it helps you kind of explore what, what's the right fit for you. So I think if I would have, um, maybe participated more in internships, I could have explored agriculture education mm-hmm. and the, you know, I love education. I love agriculture mm-hmm. and putting those together would have, would have probably been a, a better fit earlier. That's, that's not an uncommon answer mm-hmm. that we get, like get, get hands-on experience, do internship. That's really not. Uh, the last question that I have before we move on to our final quiz questions is, uh, what is the weirdest thing that ever, ever happened here with students? Like, is there any fun fact that you like to share? Like something, I don't know, a student came up with a snake on their hand and say, hey, what, look what I found. It's like, have you ever had anything fun that you like to share here with us? Oh. I have to think about this one for a little bit. I got to think back to the the history, history of what's happened. Um, No, nothing crazy that I can think of at the top Mm -hmm. of my head. You you know, we do um, our our program. We don't have the most money, so we have very old equipment. So it's always a mystery on (laughs) if our tractors are going to run or if they're going to leave us in the, in the field. So we've had many, many, um, uh, circumstances where we're uh, driving a group of folks to, you know, the back of our 255 acres and our tractor shops running. So that's always been a, a, a fun phone call to try to track someone down to either tow us or, or pick us up or, or fix the tractor. But um, beyond that, nothing, nothing crazy has happened yet. <laughs> okay. So uh, 
Brooke, do you have any any questions that you like to ask Stacy? No, we... I don't have any. That was a great rundown, though. Yeah. So now we are going to move on and just to bring <laughs> that up and, and ask more personal questions. It's, it's it's been really nice to hear about your career, uh, your work, the things that you do on, the, on a daily basis. But we'll just move on to our final uh, questions. And usually I say that they're going to be short questions to short answers. It never I like that. So we always have another discussion on those questions. So the first question is, as always, uh, what is your favorite food? So uh, this is a hard one, but I think uh, my, my go-to kind of comfort food is a toss-up between chilaquiles and enchiladas which is probably kind of uh, influenced by the area that we live in. <laughs> well, Mexican food is winning by far. Yes. I think, you know, in, in our quizzes, uh, I think Mexican food is really, really ahead. Uh, what is the type of song that you like to play in your radio? Um, so it, it used to be oldies, um, mm -hmm. any kind of oldies channels. But now that I have a three-year-old, I know we get a lot of uh, Cocomelon and If You're Happy and You Know It. <laughs> so that's what plays in my radio most oftentimes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's, that's, that's fun. Huh? And, and you can also, like, we didn't talk about this, but you just mentioned you have a young child. Uh, what, what are the challenges that you had On when you had the kid mm -hmm. and and now having a young child, what are the challenges that you see working agriculture mm -hmm. with with those young children? So um, the challenge I have I have two things: challenges and and opportunities. But mm -hmm. challenge um, definitely with having a child when you're full time working parent in any field mm -hmm. is just kind of have and, and when you're a manager of a program too, it's just um, you know, setting up your program while you're away. Um, but also it's just when you come back, you, you have other, um, kind of responsibilities and, and you're, you've learned that your family comes first. So, you know, I love farm smart, but my family always does come first. So, um, on top of having a child, I have a child with special needs, which comes with a lot more doctor's appointments, a lot mm. of therapies and speech therapies and, and, uh, and occupational therapy and physical therapy. Um, so it's just, um, finding that balance of still running a successful program, but also putting your family first and, and the needs first. So I have been very, very fortunate to have a, a co-worker, Stephanie Collins, um, who recently retired last week, mm -hmm. um, who really helped me through that time. I don't think I could have um, stayed this, as sane as I did without her being here because she was such a staple of, of this program of FarmSmart. And, and, and she knew the program so well that she was able to maintain it while I was on maternity leave. So I, I definitely... Um, could not have gotten through it without her. But I will go on to opportunities now. After having a child and, and seeing his, his needs, especially as a child with special needs, um, I saw what, what was lacking in our valley too. As far as those resources and activities for children like mine, as far as um, a child with Down syndrome or a child with autism or a, you know, a child that has special needs. So I've actually, it's been my goal to work on providing more programs for that demographic of, of children and, and adults in our community. And it's still a lot of work to go. Um, but it's helped me build partnerships with uh, different organizations that offer those those programs and seeing how they can um, 
be incorporated here at FarmSmart because I think everyone needs to be um, introduced to where your food comes from because that's the the foundation of making healthy food choices. And that's that's with with the especially with um, children and adults with Down syndrome, obesity is an issue mm-hmm. because of of not having you know, not making those right choices. So I think, um, you know, every person needs to have that experience at FarmSmart of learning where your food comes from. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. I, that's, that's really, really, really nice. And I took two really good points that you mentioned. Uh, and again, it's not uncommon to mm-hmm. when you're having this conversation is family first. It's, it's, that's not an uncommon thing. And how, good is to have good co-workers how important it is to have people that you can work well so you can rely on them and they can mm-hmm. rely on you so that's that's very very nice uh going to our last question uh so far i think that's going to be the last one. <laughs> sometimes i come back with, with others uh what is something that you know today that you wish you knew when you're finishing school your education school and before going to the trip or something like, is there something that you'd like to go back and say, Hey, this is something that you have to know now. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's a, I, I mean, there are things that people just say, no, I just, mm-hmm. I will do the same thing always, but maybe something that you wish you knew back then. I, I really enjoy the path I took as far as, you know, I, I, graduated and got my BA and, and went on and had some wonderful, you know, traveling experiences. But I think um, uh, continuing with school sooner, if you're interested in, in doing anything beyond a bachelor's, doing that sooner than later, because it is hard to go back to school. I mean, you probably heard it so many times. It's really hard to go back to school once you have a family and, and you're responsible for more than just yourself. Um, it, it's hard to to kind of take that time to um, finish any schooling that you want to do. Um, so I definitely, I if if I could go back, that would be something I would consider consider mm-hmm. more after graduating from mm-hmm. college. That's very nice. It, it's nice because we've interviewed two people who got their degrees later, like their PhD. And and one thing that we admire a lot on them is is making the commitment mm-hmm. of studying. Mm-hmm. And that goes back, I think. Both of them mentioned how supported their family were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then, like, it becomes really, really important to have the support mm-hmm. of the family as well. Uh, very, very nice. I think that's that's all I have. Do you have any questions, Brooke? No. Nope. Uh, last but not least, Stacey, uh, we have our kettle called Top Tip. And <laughs> it is usually, we, we ask for, for a, a tip that our guests could get, give us. Again, it can be a book a podcast that you listen, an audiobook, or something that you think, or go to FarmSmart website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it can be a good one too. Uh, but something that you like to our listeners to go and look that you think is going to bring value to them as knowledge-wise. Well, uh, I'm sure that I could come up with a more inspirational top tip, <laughs> but I always recommend... Um, if you if you have never visited FarmSmart, definitely um, give us a call and and come out and visit us. Even if you're an adult, we enjoy learners of all ages. Um, we have our um, field trip programs for kids, but we also have our winter uh, farm tours for adults. Um, and we would really like to have everyone out to the farm. So visit us on our um, website at uh, drec.ucanr.edu or on Facebook at UC FarmSmart.
you actually answer my last last question mm -hmm. that is <laughs> is how people can can know more about your work we are going to record uh, an episode that's going to be launched next week about the farm smart more specifically but how can people reach out to you you have an email or something mm -hmm. that they can go and contact you if they want to come and visit uh, and know more about know more about your work. Yeah, absolutely. So um, our website, like I mentioned, is drec.ucanr.edu or my email is scwills at ucanr.edu. Perfect. So if you're listening, we have those information in the description of the episode. Uh, so yeah, so thank you very much, Stacy. We appreciate mm -hmm. it. It's, it's, it's been fun to hear more about your work, the things that you do. I'm looking forward to learn more about FarmSmart and, and what is this awesome program that we have down here. So thank you very much. Uh, do you have any final comments, any final thoughts? Nothing for me. Thank <laughs> you so much for having me. Yeah, Brooke, anything else? Nope. Okay, thank you very much uh, for listening to us. Uh, we appreciate that. And remember, it's always a good time for a cattle call. Whispers are a jingling, a cowboy is singing this lonesome cattle call.